0: Good morning, Emmanuel. How many of you love Jesus today? Oh, come on now. It's like the cold got on you or something. You're like you're bundled up, all of tight, quiet. Quiet as a church mouse, as they used to say. Not today, Satan. We're going to be a praising group of people. Come on, somebody. Oh, hey, it is a great day, and I can't wait to get to the Word in just a moment. But before we do, this is MLK. Weekend, and uh, tomorrow is the only national holiday dedicated to a preacher. Amen. Amen. And there were so many things in a previous century that this leader brought as a cause that has brought a ripple effect of good change to the nation. And yet, we still are in the middle of turmoil, not just in America, but around the world. And I think it's because we try to use outside forces to try to change the human heart. But only God can change the human heart. And I believe that the church is the place that God wants to let us be the representation of how to change. It's a great value that we have that we are to be a house of prayer for all nations. Jesus quoted that as he kicked over the tables because he was like, my house... It's going to happen one way or another, and I'm going to make room for that to happen. I'm going to do everything I can to make that happen. And as a church, we're committed to seeing healing happen in our communities, but happening in the house of God first. Amen? And so I'd like you to pray. stand. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for our city. We're going to reflect on that. I'm going to ask Pastor Jonathan to come up here. Pastor Jonathan is on the team here at Spring Lake Park and also works to support all of our locations. He's from the Twin Cities. God raised him up in the Twin Cities. And he also has some ancient Detroit roots too, so that's part of why I like him so much. But, but uh, in, in what God is doing through Jonathan and his wife and his kids, God is doing in communities everywhere. And I don't think Dr. King's dream has died. I think it only grows. Can I get any amen to that? And I believe that if we listen to God, God will hear us and he'll our, hear our prayer and he will heal our land. And so I'm just asking Pastor Jonathan to lead us in prayer. Would you lift up your holy hands in prayer, as the scripture says, as we call upon the
1: Lord today? Come on, everyone, let's lift up our hands lift up our voices. Come on, lift up your voices in this room. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for who you are and for what you have done in us, Lord. Father, you have brought us such a long way, Lord. You've brought peace into many of our lives, Lord. You've brought grace. You've brought mercy. And Father, we pray that you would do these things through us, Lord. Father, that you would bring reconciliation around us and in our community, that you would bring reconciliation in our church. Come on, lift up your voice. Come on, let's pray together in this room that you would bring reconciliation, that You would bring change, Lord, in our church, Lord, in our surrounding communities, Father, Father, in Minneapolis, in St. Paul, in all of the suburbs, Lord. We thank you for your plan. We thank you for your will. We ask, Lord, for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. So, Father, we just lift up prayer up to you this morning and we just ask for you to make a mighty move that you would bring revival into our communities, revival into our relationships, revival into our families. Come on. If you want revival into your family, and your relationships. Can you give the Lord a shout of praise? Lord, we thank you for just moving, for growing into our communities and Father, for just instituting your principles, your plan, and your way, Father. Father, we give all of these things to you and just as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream came to pass, Lord, Father, through you and through your work, Father, we pray that your will will continue to be done, that your vision will continue to be done, that people from near and far would come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ, accept his grace as a gift, Lord, and Father, that they would come and recognize you as Lord and Savior, heal in this place, heal in our church, heal in our community, we declare in the mighty name of Jesus, and we all said, amen, amen and amen.
0: And to God be the glory. You may be seated. Uh, we're beginning a brand new series called Break through. That's an active word, not just breakthrough, but breaking through. There's a process to that. And the title of the message today is this, the answer is on the way. The answer is on the way. As I kind of begin this series, and I want you to think about certain things, I want you to think about every person, every family, every church, every business has in our story breakthrough moments. If you think backward there were special seasons of breaking past the walls that define life before that moment. The first person to graduate from college in your family, the first in your family to own a home, the first to give your life to Jesus, the first grandchild, the first child. Businesses have their first permanent building, their first product is released, the first dream Perhaps in your career, that first promotion, that first thing that took you to the next level, churches breaking the 200 barrier, the 500 barrier, the 1,000 barrier. All of us have those breakthrough moments, and you could fill in the blank with your own in your story, moment that you met Jesus, you surrendered, you got filled with the Holy Spirit. Something happened that was fantastic, and it changed everything. For me, listen, the biggest moment was Mary and Jody. I went from single to married, and it was so good, so real, and it changed everything. No going back. Amen. I remember when I became a pastor. That was a month after I got married. And it changed everything. The things I had to pray about, the, the activity of the work that I did was changing. Now I had to communicate the gospel, spiritually care for people, lead people with the title, Pastor. I had all kinds of stories in my life, though, as I look back over the decades, overcoming barriers to growing inside of me. Because really, if there's gonna be outward change, how many you know it starts inwardly? I had insecurity and lack of confidence and fear of failure. That lists of doubts in my head. Could I ever do this? I remember 11 years ago as I stepped in to be the pastor, the lead pastor of Emmanuel, I wondered, because I'd never done it before, can I do this? Is this something I can do? And there are cycles of growth and hitting ceilings until there's breakthroughs. And they keep coming. There's another one ahead of me, and there's another one ahead of you. Every decade of my life, I've hit the moments of disappointment and unmet expectations of myself and of others, and it is my belief that all of us are called of God to lean in and listen to God's voice leading us into active breaking through. God can provide a lifetime of breakthrough for anybody. Not just one moment, not just the time you walked the aisle when you were a teenager, but I'm talking about every moment of your story. What do you want to see as a breakthrough for your life in 2024? What are the areas for you personally? What what would you say? "I I need to have a change in this area. I keep repeating the same thing over and over and over again, and I know it's time for me to have a breakthrough. How about for us and our families and our group of friends or as a church? What are the things that we just... We know need to change. We need the breakthrough. What about the world around us where we look and there's pain around us and there's, there's hurt around us and there's division around us and we desire to see a breakthrough? You know, the, when you, how many of you have watched the news and uh, it's kind of overwhelming sometimes and you feel overwhelmed and you feel pain, but listen, your burden is the birthplace for vision. It's the very beginning point. Out of this, something good can happen. To begin our journey for us in breaking through and the answer being on the way today, I want you to get your Bibles out and go to the book of Daniel. How many have your Bibles? Let me see your paper Bibles, if you have them. Bring them to church. If you can't bring them to church, I don't know what you're using them for. Bring it to church if you can. And uh, electronic Bibles, you, that, that'll count too. I'm just encouraging everybody to get yourself a paper Bible because they won't change. They won't change this digitally. Got to read the paper Bible. Daniel... Chapter 10, Daniel, chapter 10. Daniel is a prophet in the Old Testament. And uh, actually, he was just a leader. He was a leader in another nation outside. His, His ancestors had been uprooted and exiled to a foreign land. And he was raised up, and he was put in positions of authority and governmental structures. And God had used him in mighty, mighty ways. In fact, he was used mostly because he could perceive. You see, Daniel lived a life of perceiving. Write that word perceive down if you have it or put it in your notes. Because the definition of perceive is this. Is to notice, to distinguish, to recognize, to identify, to understand, to comprehend, to realize something. You actually can see things others can't see. Closely related to that is perspective. When you have a perspective of something, you have an outlook, an angle, a take, an evaluation, an assessment, a point of view, a standpoint. It's the way you see and you understand. I want you to consider what you're walking through in your life, in your family, in your business, whatever it may be, in the community, in friendships, how you see yourselves. You have a vantage point. You have a perspective. And God gave Daniel wisdom and insight Vision and perspective. All this during massive cultural, political, and religious upheaval. In exile, they're, they're, he was not in charge of anything. Things were happening around him he could not control. And yet God gave him insight in the middle of those moments. And Daniel's lifestyle of continual breakthrough included fasting. And so before we get into chapter 10 here, I want you to recognize that in the first ten or nine chapters of the book, there's stories of fasting and praying, the most famous of which is with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How many have heard of that story? There's Daniel and the lion's den in there, too. And they would fast. What they did is, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is they didn't eat the king's food. They were in training under the king, but they chose not to eat the fine foods of the king. Why? So that they would not be obligated to the king. There is only one king, and his name is Jesus. Come on, somebody. And so they kept their hearts loyal in the middle of another kingdom. All of that was going on. They found a way to live without obligation to the world around them. And fasting helped them not be obligated to to, to other rulers. So in Daniel chapter 10... There are fantastic nuggets of gold we can discover for our own breakthroughs. And I wanna take you in there right now. Starting with verse one, here we go. In the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, had another vision. And he understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future, times of war and great hardship. And when this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been mourning in mourning for three whole weeks. All that time, I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. Now, this section of the chapter is like a headline that will be unpacked in the story to follow. It lets you know kind of what's going on. Daniel had been under this leader, Cyrus, for three years, he'd been other, under other leaders four years before that. So he'd seen a new cycle every four years, if you will. It's like the elections in the US. (laughs) New leader, new experience. And Belteshazzar was the name that the government had given him. It was a cultural name. And yet there was another vision, meaning, uh, it's not the first one, and it won't be the last one, but in breakthrough there's gonna be continued words from God that keep you moving forward. And the context for Daniel to see that vision is that he had been in mourning for three weeks. Mourning is something that you do in loss or calamity, times of difficulty. It's okay when you lose a loved one to go into mourning. It's part of the grief process. He was distraught, Daniel was, because of what was happening in the world around him. He had discovered other prophetic voices earlier in the book that had illuminated that Israel would be in exile for a certain number of years. And so he was concerned about what was going on and worried about the turnover of governments. And, and it just was overwhelming to him. So he went into fasting and prayer mode, if you will, and mourning. He refrains from food or wine or luxury that would dull his senses to hear from God during this time. Listen, fasting changes your ability to perceive. Fasting changes your ability to perceive. What's in the way? Why isn't this working? What should I do? How do I lead my business, my family? What is the best next move? When our perspective is limited, we can't see the whole picture. So we're searching to hear from God about the full picture. Now back in the day when I was working at North Central University. I was no longer a pastor at Emmanuel, but we attended. We had Sunday night church services, and and in those services, people would show up. How many of you were here during that time? It was powerful. God would move in great ways. We'd have worship, and after worship, the kids who had been with us in the room would be released to go to the kids' ministry. And uh, on a particular Sunday night, my Older two sons were probably eight and six somewhere in there. They were in with Jody and I in the service, and uh, we were sitting about a third of the way back on this side of the room. and And while we were worshiping, everybody that came on Sunday nights they were hardcore Christians. It seemed like they wanted deep worship, went long with worship. Everybody's ready to go to the altars and come and pray at the front after service. It was powerful. So as we came in, the songs were being sung up front, and, and people's hands were up. And, but my, my younger sons, you know, they, they've grown up in church, and they're kind of making fun. They're a little bit being a nuisance to, to mom and dad. And, and I'm, I'm worshiping. I'm at the end of the row, and David's next to me here, and, and Jeff's there, and just, Jody's on the inside. And, and while we're worshiping, we're singing the song, your love is extravagant. Mm. Friendship, oh, intimate. And everybody's like in it and super sappy. Worship, you know, they're into it. And, but my kids are like looking at the person over there that's got a booger hanging out of their nose or whatever they're, they're just, they're making fun of people, you know, they're not paying attention. I didn't know that was going on. And while I'm worshiping, they're talking to Jody and asking, him, asking her questions. And so while they're asking her questions, She's getting frustrated, so she finally says, just write the questions down. So David sits down in his chair while we're going through worship, and he takes out a pencil, and he takes one of those prayer cards in the seat back in front of you, and he begins to write on his card a question. And at some point, Jody sees the question, and she goes, she reaches around the boys, and she taps me on the shoulder and says, and I looked down, and there on that sheet of, Uh, that card, was the question, what's sex? And so, Jody looks up at me and says, you need to talk to him. And I go back to praying in the spirit, you know. (laughs) Like, what am I going to do? So I prayed. I literally did pray. I'm like, Lord, what am I going to do here? And About a minute and a half, two minutes later, I looked down, and David had finished the question. It was, what's extravagant? I was preparing to answer a question he was not asking. I was going into the mode of answering a question, thinking about ways to do it. How many of us do that with our life? We only see a portion of what's going on and jump to our own conclusions. We step ahead of ourselves. (laughs) And if we do, we might be giving our kids stuff they don't need yet. By the way, parents, you do need to train up your children. Don't let YouTube train them. Don't let TikTok train them. Come on, somebody. You need to train your children, amen? You're like, well, how do I do that? Well, we'll come up with it. You can talk to Pastor Phil. He'll help you. <laughs> I'm just Daniel wanted to understand what was going on, so he positioned his lifestyle in a way that improved his perception. In verse, cha- verse 4 of chapter 10, I want you to notice in here as we read a All the sensory words. You can circle them in your Bible or highlight them. On April 23rd, 536 B.C. is where it says that. As I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River, I looked up and saw, that's a perception word, a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist, and his body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning, and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms Uh, and feet shone like polished bronze, and his voice, there's another perception thing, a voice that you hear, roared like a vast multitude of people. Only I, Daniel, saw, another perception word, this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. And so I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me, my face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. And then I heard, you can circle that word too, the man speak, and when I heard the voice, sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. Now there's incredible things wrapped up in just this part of the story. We can verify the date by other ancient writings on Cyrus, based on the Hebrew calendar, in 536 B.C. This is five. 100 years before Jesus. And Daniel's given a vision in which he could hear and see and feel those senses to pick up on what was being said. Those same senses have to disengage from other things in order to perceive the supernatural. In other words, the other men around him didn't see it, didn't hear it, didn't Feel it, what Daniel was feeling. Because they didn't go through the 21 days. They didn't disengage from those other sensory things so they could pick up on the supernatural. They had to, in a sense, mute the noise. Now, I had to find a way to fit something into my message today because this week, Michigan won the national championship. Come on, somebody. And I had a group of family and friends over to the house And we were having so much fun. We were cheering them on. Actually, the last two weeks, the Rose Bowl, and then the National Championship. And uh, it got loud in my house. In fact, when they won, I'm just telling you, (laughs) there was some pandemonium going on in a glow blue house, okay? (laughs) Okay. I want you to know that while we're watching, there was a lot of noise. I got my speakers on, and, and, uh, but while we're watching, I also had the remote, because as soon as they hit commercials, I hit mute. How many know the commercials are louder than the actual game, right? And so I'm hitting mute, and when I hit mute, it was like, whew, heart rates came down, blood pressure went down. We actually could hear each other. And sometimes in life, if you want to experience the supernatural, you want to know what God is saying, you want to he- get a word from God, you need to hit the mute button. You have to be able to pause other things so that you can hear from God. This is what's going on with Daniel. He could hear it. Now, verse 10. Now that Daniel can hear, what does the messenger say? Okay. In verse 10, it says, just then, a hand touched me. And lifted me, still trembling, to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up still trembling. First thing the messenger says is, you are very precious to God. Say that with me. You are very precious to God. To God. Turn to the person next to you, look them in the eyes, and say, You are very precious to God. (laughs) Listen, before you get understanding, know that you're loved and that you are important. There are no insignificant people, and God loves you, He cares about you, you matter. No matter what's going on in your story, no matter mistakes that you've made, what somebody told you, I want you to know that as long as you are breathing and God is giving you an opportunity to receive, he cares about you. You still have a chance. And you are precious and important to him. When we think in our head that we don't matter, that we, then we don't receive the word that God has for us. If we have doubt in our heart or just insecurity and disappointment, we won't grab a hold of what God is saying to us. We'll dismiss it. That's for somebody else. That's not for me. And I want you to know that how we think can become the first wall to breaking through. How we think can be that first wall to breaking through. Your belief that God is bigger than your doubts is essential to breaking through. Look at... The scripture, and you will see that God, what th- he thinks about you. He loves you with an everlasting love. Come on, somebody. You are very important, very special. So much so that Jesus, knowing that you're a sinner, still came to the earth and died on the cross for your sin. Whoo! I want you to think about this. All his thoughts towards you are good and caring and loving. Yes, he has to discipline us. But as my dad used to say when he would discipline me, son, you're not living up to who you're called to be. I was, I was kind of out of my lane and I needed to get back in the lane. But he loved me nonetheless. God loves you with an everlasting love. And nothing can separate you from his love. I want you to think of this. How many of you know, you know the worst parts of yourself? Other people might know the Instagram version of you. The polished version of you. The celebratory version of you. But God knows the real you. And I want you to think about this. The one that knows you best Loves you the most. Come on, somebody. I'm going to dance about that one. He loves you. And listen, before you get a word from God, you need to know he loves you. You're precious. You're important. You matter. Your future matters. The people around you matter. Your family matters. Your friends matter. And they all need you to get a word from God. Amen. If you are here, he has a purpose for you. This is what the messenger then says. He says, stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Now, standing up is a posture change. He's down on the ground. He he has fainted. He kind of got a little ways up. But now the messenger says, now I want you to stand up because I'm about to give you something. And sometimes, if we're going to receive something from God, we got to change our posture. Now, I'm not just saying physically, although that may be true, that if, if I'm talking to somebody and, and they're busy doing something else and their back is turned towards me, I'm unlikely to keep talking to them. So posture change sometimes is saying, instead of paying attention to this, I'm now going to pay attention to you. How many you know that works in family life, too? When you go, put the phone down. The posture change, though, is also in saying, you know, I've been in this position, and I have been overwhelmed by life, but now God is ready to speak to me. I need to position myself to go toward receiving my word. You know, there is something that happens. I don't understand it, but even in response to church and messages and those kind of things, but then when somebody is standing and they're open for God to move. Man, you're locked in and you don't let things distract you. You're more likely to get something and hear something. And even more so, sometimes you got to get out of where you're standing and leave the people that are close to you right now and come down to the front and actually bow your knee and say, God, I, you got my attention. Moving and posturing yourself to receive what God is saying. Verse number 12. Now that he's in a position where he can hear from God, The first part of the message comes to him. It says, then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Everybody said, don't be afraid. afraid. Fear immobilizes. It makes us cower. It makes us pull back. The scripture says, don't be afraid over and over and over again. So he says, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. Did you know God is going to come in answer to your prayer? And he heard the very first prayer? Since the first day. Now we're beginning a 21 days of prayer and fasting tomorrow. Did you know that? The first prayer you pray when you get out of bed tomorrow morning, God is going to hear. Now, I'm preaching right now as if every single person here is actually going to do what I'm preaching. I know some of you are like, eh, I'm not into that fasting thing. and eh, I don't know. That's just something. I'm just saying, listen, supernatural things can happen if you actually just do it. You might have been walking with Jesus for a long time. Let me just tell you this. You need to do it again. And some of you, you're new to faith. And you're like, I don't understand all this religious stuff. I'm just going to tell you right now, if you just do it, if you just step into it, you begin to fast. And listen, there's a way to do that on our manual MN app and on our website. We've got all kinds of resources. You don't just stop water for 21 days. Come on. There's practical ways. If you never fasted before, there's practical things to do. Some of you are going to fast from social media. Some of you are going to fast from uh, food of, of a certain type or whatever it may be. But I, I just want to say this. When you start and you pray, the very first prayer you pray, God will hear. It doesn't mean the answers come yet. It just means God is hearing your very first prayer. Don't be afraid. Since the first day, God has heard your prayer. So Daniel prayed for understanding, it says, and he humbled himself. So listen, I wanna give you only one thing today. Breaking through step number one is this. In your pursuit of answers, humble yourself before God. In your pursuit of answers, humble yourself before God. That just means I'm not gonna get from every other thing in the world including AI-generated stuff, the answers that I can get from God. You can research a thousand things, but you won't get direction for the future without surrender to the creator. The ultimate humility is to say, I don't know to God. To say, I don't understand to God. I don't know why to God. Because when you humble yourself, that's the posture That God loves to speak to and answer. If you keep soldiering on, being the stubborn version of yourself, over and over, doing the very same things, and go just that's just me, then you're not going to get anything. There isn't going to be a breakthrough. You'll be disappointed in yourself, but if you kind of walk away from that old version of you, the stubborn version of you, and you say, you know what, I'm just going to go to God and do what he says, I'm going to wait upon him, you humble yourself and go, I don't have it, I don't understand it, I don't know what to do, you will get a vision of Jesus. Some of you don't understand this whole faith thing, and you're watching Christians, and you're not sure, but you feel something, and some things are just different. You're watching other people. They seem to know God, but you don't understand it. It's not just the content or the knowledge. There are people, Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, that are always learning but never understanding. They got all kinds of knowledge, but their inward world is not changed. But when you humble yourself, God loves to come close to you, and he shows himself to you. Come on, somebody. I'll preach. I'll say amen to myself on that one. Amen. Whose perspective have you been looking through? Your own? The voice of your past? Are you listening through experts? What you see now might not be the full picture. Maybe you have gotten, ordered something on Amazon or something, and you said it was going to come on Tuesday, and it didn't come. Yeah. Where's my package? You get all frustrated, right? You even stand up. You pace. You might post about it. I want you to understand that hum- humility is letting God do it in his timing. Not letting your spiritual ADD kick into gear. I prayed it three days in a row. Why didn't he answer it? Humility says I'm going to pause because there's a whole other thing going on in your story. In fact, the messenger says there's a reason for the delay. Look at verse 13. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. And now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future, for this vision concerns a time yet to come. See, there was a spiritual battle that blocked the breakthrough. There was a spiritual battle. This is one of the times in scripture where it's revealed that there is more going on than what you see. There's more going on than what you see. Turn to the person next to you and tell them that. There's more going on than what you see. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, Paul is speaking. He says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. While we pray and while we wait, there are spiritual battles taking place. There is an unseen world. And here's the good news. We can win the battle. Paul goes on in Ephesians 6 to t- tell us what we're supposed to do. He says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able, Every said, you will be able so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil then after the battle you will still be standing firm stand your ground putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness for shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared in addition to all of these things hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So we're going to go into battle. We're going to have the helmet of salvation. We're going to have the belt of truth, which is the Word of God. Come on. And we got the, the, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God in the Spirit's hand, in the Spirit dimension. Listen, when you're praying, take out the scriptures and read the scriptures. Walk and pray with your Bible. The devil can't handle this. It's supernatural. You're going to have the shield of faith, whatever the enemy comes at you with doubt and worry and fear, and it comes on Tuesday afternoon in the form of a phone call. What are you going to do then? You're going to put your shield of faith up. No, no, no. I'm a woman of God. I'm a man of God. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. See, the vision that comes then, back to Daniel chapter 10, verse 13, it says, for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I'm here to explain what will happen to your people in the Future. For this vision concerns a time yet to come. See, the vision is always about the future. What's coming? And not just about some fantastic apocalypse at the end of time, but it could be about you and your family, you and your kids, you and your business, your group of friends, things that are around the corner that you have no idea about. And there's this huge battle going on. And all you do is you keep praying. You keep listening to God. And as you do, there's things going on you don't have to fight. You fight on your knees. And then when God gives you that vision, you'll have understanding about what to do next. I believe that God is going to send his message, his vision to help us prepare for our future. But we must prepare to perceive what he's saying. We are called to be people A breakthrough. And you can trust God with what you can't see. You can put it in his hands and it all starts with humbling yourself. Would you stand with me today, church? I am so excited because I know that when people do the word of God, When we take it and we actually do it, when we're by ourselves, when we actually follow Jesus at school, when we follow Jesus in our apartment, when we follow Jesus at the store, when we follow Jesus at work, when we follow Jesus outside of the church, and we say we're gonna be like Daniel every single day, we're gonna pray. We might go through a time of muting other voices shutting off social media and getting it off our app off our phone for a while. So we're not hearing all those other voices and all we can hear is Jesus while we do our everyday life. Nobody on the outside will know what we're doing. They aren't gonna know unless you go, no, I'm, I'm not gonna eat that today. <laughs> I can drink some water or I can do whatever it may be. No, I'm not going to Starbucks today. They might notice that, but listen, when we begin to do that, And we pray on Monday and God hears our prayer. And we pray on Tuesday and God hears our prayer. And we pray on Wednesday and in week number two and into week number three. Listen, there are changes happening on the inside of us that we don't know anything about. And in the heavenly dimension, God is hearing our prayer as we pray for our teenage daughter, our teenage son. We pray for our grandma. We pray for our grandkids. We pray for our friends on the other side of the world. We pray for that person at work that's there. It has an attitude issue. And they keep having a problem with you. And they're in the way. When we pray, God goes to work in ways that we cannot imagine. And God will do a work in your life if you let him do it. The answer is on the way. The answer is on the way. Come on, church. I believe he's going to do it. As we go to prayer today, now is our time as we start to start With humility, we humble ourselves and we recognize we can't do this without God. We can't do it without God. We're going to worship here together, but I'm going to encourage you to do what you got to do posture-wise, to humble yourself before God, to say, God, my marriage needs you. Every time we get together, we're arguing. We don't know a way out. Well, the next three weeks, what if you fasted and prayed and then God gave you wisdom? By the way, sometimes wisdom is, I need to repent. He reveals our own heart and maybe we need to make changes and that helps our relationships, whatever it is. But you humble yourself and say, God, I'm willing to do it your way. I'm willing to do what you want me to do. Listen, God can do anything. Breakthrough comes when we posture ourselves in humility before him. So before we sing and I just want you to just do this, just lift your hands to heaven. Like you're taking your hands off yourself, I'm not covering up, we're just coming before you. Father, I pray God, as we step in to breaking through, Lord, that you would anoint the journey of every person under the sound of my voice, that we literally would experience the lift that comes when our, our ears can hear what the Spirit is saying. And I pray, oh God, that you would help us to, to silence the voice of the flesh, Lord, and to mute the voice of the flesh. And even as we, we endeavor to do a, a fast, I pray, God, that you would give us wisdom about how to do it and help us to, to follow through, help us to stay on the journey. And as we do, it's not about a, some kind of spiritual diet plan to lose weight. Lord, this is all about us wanting to hear more of you. And so Lord, as we listen to you, as we endeavor to go on that journey, help my friends to not give up. Lord, day after day after day after day, we know the answer is coming. We know there's spiritual things going on in the high places that we don't know what to do about. But Lord, we know our answer is from you. Our help comes from you, the maker of heaven and earth. And so we surrender to you right now. Lord, we surrender our families to you, our marriages to you. We surrender our church to you. We surrender our city to you. Lord, you're not done moving in Minnesota. You're not done moving, Lord, in our nation. We humble ourselves and we pray, Lord, we want to do it your way. We want to do it your way. So Lord, as we come to you, Lord, we humble ourselves. And we say, have your way in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out emmanuelcc.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into the community, or to join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.